This is Living Your Big Bold Life Podcast, and I am your host, Bet Lucas. I am a mom of six crazy kids. I work as a VP in a fast-paced industry, and I've been on a health journey. But what does living your big, bold life even mean? Living boldly is having the courage to finally listen and do what your heart has been trying to tell you all along. Maybe it's to take back your health, write the book, go for the job, run the race. And I'm here to help you listen to that voice and to remind you to be you boldly. The world needs you. Hello, welcome to Living Your Big Bold Life podcast. I am your host, Bette Lucas, and gosh, it is great to be here with each one of you. I did just turn off my space heater so that I could record with no distracting background noise, much to my displeasure, or at least my feet's displeasure. Do any of you have a space heater at home? Oh, I love mine. Like, I wish I didn't love it so much, but I love it. It like warms me up and I drink hot water and I have my space heater. Okay. <laughs> Anyways, you know, this episode today is a little bit random and it's random on purpose. I just felt like I've been getting a lot of questions from each of you. I've been getting a few kind of requests for just a check-in and update on a few fronts. Also, I've been getting asked for a few tips. And so today's episode, I jokingly kind of said in my mind is like Bet's babble episode or Bet's bold random babble tips and tricks. <laughs> Heck, you guys probably have a much better title for this episode. We have had a whole heck of a lot going on here at the Lucas household. And you're laughing, I'm sure, because you're like, of course you do, Bet. You have six kids. You have a big job. Yeah, I know. But really, it's actually been a little bit more than normal. And much of what's been going on is fairly positive. But we have had a job change in the family. We had some recent travels as a large family that didn't all go completely smoothly. We had a few like colds and different little bugs go around. And you know what's funny is I'd love it if a bug would hit our family all at once. And yes, I know that also is dumb to say because if we all went down and the ship sank all at once, who would take care of? the others. But at the same time, it would be like one kid would get over something, one person would get over something, and then the next person would get it. I'd be like, no, we just thought we were done. And it wouldn't like happen like back to back. It was like there was days between it. I'm like, uh, really, people? Does this have to happen? Why can't we just all have the, you know, bug where we're projectile vomiting all at the same time? Why not? I mean, let's just get it over with. <laughs> By the way, we didn't have that bug. We've had that one as a family before. It's been a while. I shouldn't say we're probably due, but we probably are. And the sickest I have ever been was with a bug like that. I think it was like the norovirus. And I was pregnant with Lad, seriously, on, due, on his due date. And I could not stop throwing up or going to the bathroom. I couldn't. So I'm not someone who goes to the doctor very often. I'm fortunate that I've been in a healthy position not to need to. But I literally went to the ER that day and they gave me 
I think it was at least two bags of IV fluid just because I had been throwing up so much and I couldn't keep food down. And I remember praying to God, like, God, please, please do not let this baby come today because I don't think I could care for it. Like I was that sick. By the grace of God, I did not have Lad until eight days later. He was eight days past his due date and he was my biggest baby. And I am so grateful because eight days later, I felt like a new human being. And isn't it interesting after we don't feel well, how grateful we are to feel well. And when we are humbled in our sickness, how we start thinking, or at least I do, I start thinking of all the people that feel unwell, that don't feel good. It's amazing how you are excited to do the things that you kind of loathed before. Like, why is it when I'm dog sick, I miss going and working out or I miss like being active? And yet when I'm just living my normal daily life, sometimes I don't appreciate that or I don't remember that. Even though feeling unwell at times doesn't always or isn't always ideal, I do think there is some beauty in it. And it reminds us to appreciate the times we do feel well and be grateful for it. So long tangent in saying it's been kind of a crazy month and a half. Today, I want to talk about a little bit about our trip to Hawaii. I want to talk about job changes. I want to talk about our VRBO, the concept of shifting, and a few tips and tricks that we have learned along the way in each of these areas. But you know, the funny thing is, I share tips with each one of you, and yet, please never, never think that when someone does that, that means they have their life all in order in all of the other areas. You know, I'm going to give you an example. Yes, I have a big job that requires a lot of me, but I'm also the same person that doesn't have a bed skirt. Like you can totally see my mattress right now. And I've needed new bedding for like forever. But all I care about is my, you know, are my pillows and the comforter little sheet thing that I love to sleep with. I am a bizarre sleeper. I don't know if you know this about me, but I have to have like pajama pants, pajama shirt, and I cannot sleep with just a sheet. In fact, I don't even like a sheet. Like I don't like them. I like this comforter. It's a, I don't know, is it like a real like duck goose feather or something comforter. I don't think it is. I think it's something faux, but it's literally the most comfy one ever. And I have had it for years. And yes, I get it cleaned and dry cleaned and because I don't like sleeping with a top sheet, but I hate sheets and my husband loves them. So he sleeps with just a sheet, literally sleeps with no shirt on. And I am like the most bundled up human in the world. I'm so bizarre. So if you have good bedding and you have a good idea for me to finally pull the trigger on this, will you send it my way? Gosh dang it, I need to get my act in order. But where I'm going with that is that sometimes I get a little frustrated with all these people offering advice all over the internet and then people receiving that, thinking that that person in an effort to help you and share some tips that have helped them you think that their life is just all in order, all perfect, never struggles, never, 
goes through their other areas being messy. And I always emphasize is that we all have mess in our life. We do. And everyone's mess is just different, okay? So don't think you're failing or you're not doing well because certain parts of your life are messy. I believe if you're truly living life, your life is going to be messy. If you never do anything, say anything, be anything, sure, your life can can be perfect and no messes, no baggage, no imperfections. I'm not talking about just a mess in a house. Some of you have extremely neat, tidy houses. This is not an insult to you. What I'm just saying is that your mess might be somewhere else in your life. There are other struggles that we each have, and that is okay. And I believe the beautiful thing is, is that messes humble you. Again, back to that kind of humility word. And the more we can own our mess, really, the more it helps other own theirs. And that's been a real, I think, humbling thing with having a lot of kids is that I often have to own messes that I don't really want to own you know, sticky counters and really my stairs are super dirty. Like it looks like someone went out and stomped in mud puddles and then just walked all through my house. My front door is a nightmare. My puppy chewed the front door off and she's been on a mission to chew my back door too. I could give you such a long list. I mean, I already shared with you about my bed skirt. And that's that is a form of of my mess. And I remember one time we had friends over and I gave them a tour of our house. And I love my house. And we do have, a, a in many ways, a lovely house. And yet I kind of found myself embarrassed at certain times because I'd look down and see like stains all over my carpet Or I'd look at our walls and they had like kids like smudges all over them. Or I'd look in the toilet and someone forgot to flush. And you know what though? That is real life. And that is my real life. It might not be yours. You have a different version of that. But I think what's important is the more that I can just own that and humbly say, this is us the more it helps others own their mess in a different way. And I don't know if you've found that to be true, but I find that in so many areas of our lives, when we can own a mistake we've made, when we can own our imperfections, when we can own just that things aren't always going perfectly as planned, the more it helps others own and feel comfortable sharing theirs. And so I hope I always do a good job of that for you. Far from perfect, yes, but I do hope that I show up for you well in that area. So we went to Hawaii, okay, very last minute. Why did we go to Hawaii last minute as a big family of eight? Well, actually seven, Vivi stayed home, but Spencer recently took a new job and we had an unexpected break in between jobs and we just decided that we should go somewhere because we're going to have this time off that wasn't expected. And so what did we do? We looked at tickets to Hawaii and there was some really cheap block of tickets and we did it. 
and I had some leftover miles to use that because of COVID and lack of traveling I hadn't used up yet, it just kind of fell into place. But what started as really seamless to go to Hawaii really actually turned out to be quite I don't know, traumatic in a lot of ways. And effectively to go to Hawaii now, you have to, anyone who is not vaccinated, who's over, I think, two years old, has to have a negative COVID test within 72 hours of your departure time. I don't know how it is where you guys all all live, but here where I am, most of the COVID testing that's approved to go to Hawaii, there's only certain tests that are approved to go to Hawaii. Most of those you have to make appointments for. The ones that you don't have to make appointments for that are approved on the state website for Hawaii, it's called the Safe Travels website for Hawaii, okay? Most of those have a 24 to 72 hour turnaround time. So if you're going to Hawaii and you have to test within 72 hours and yet you go get a test that doesn't turn in that amount of time, what are you gonna do? The alternative is you pay for one of the more immediate tests but they cost like $150 a person. So with our large family, that is a whole heck of a lot of money. And yet, looking back after our experience, I would say that if you're going somewhere and you need assurance to have results, you need to go the pay route. Unless you have found somewhere that can do the test that again is approved on the Safe Travels Hawaii website. It has to be one of their approved tests and approved vendors and gets you the turnaround time you need. Walgreens has an ID Now test and a Binax Now test. And you need to check the Safe Travels website because it will change. But my understanding is the ID Now is approved, but the Binax Now one is not. The PCR test is approved, and yet the turnaround times are so slow. So we ended up having to have a few of our children because one had an error on their test. They forgot to label the the test tube or whatever, so they said it was an error, so they wouldn't give a, a result. And then the other child didn't have her results back in time. So we had to go get her retested at the prompt place, which costs us 150 bucks. So no, you can't just go to an urgent care. You can't just go to your doctor's office. Like my understanding and based on the website is that you have to go to these approved vendors. So we had kind of a stressful situation where we didn't think we were making it to Hawaii. We thought some of our group was going to have to bump flights and it was kind of, a nightmare. I'm not going to lie. Then when we got to Hawaii, we were just so grateful to be there and the sun, and it was so nice to see the beach and the swimming pool. But part of me thinks, I don't know if I'd go through that hassle again. Maybe I'd just go to Arizona or somewhere else where there was some sun, maybe Florida. Anyways, I digress. But if you're going to Hawaii, just really plan that into your trip. The other thing that you need to do is when you get to the airport, you need to get this pre-clear bracelet, which allows you once you land to not have to wait in an additional line. It effectively, you show them your QR code that you got from the Safe Travels website after uploading all your negative COVID tests and your health questionnaire it gives you a QR code as an adult. The kids don't get one. 
we were flying Alaska Airlines. I scanned that at the Alaska Airlines desk. Once that scanned, they gave me a bracelet. And then that allowed me not to have to wait on a line at destination. It showed that I was already cleared. And I would highly, highly recommend that because the lines at the destination in Hawaii tend to be around an hour long. So when we got to Hawaii, I know I've mentioned this before, we tend to go the VRBO route. And most of the time that works best for us because we have a kitchen, we have more uh, more room. Sometimes it can be more affordable, not always, but for our group, a lot of times hotels because of our size is not always affordable. And so a few VRBO tips really quickly. Number one, make sure you're checking the amount of rooms, not just how many it says they sleep. Because some of you will book that and say, oh, it sleeps eight. They could count a sofa that turns into a bed. It doesn't mean it's a room. It doesn't mean it's a private area. And when you're traveling with kids, okay, that's fine. But maybe you're traveling with friends and each of you wants your own room. Well, you really need to read that VRBO thoroughly. You also need to understand what they're providing and what they're not. Will there be shampoo there? Will there be some laundry detergent? Will there be paper towels? Will there be coffee? And I find the gamut is super wide. And all of those things you might find is trivial, but it saves you from packing them or going to buy them at the store. So really having an understanding of what is at your VRBO. Also questions for our family are high chairs, pack and plays, kids stuff, anything you might need, don't hesitate to ask. And the posting very well may tell you all of these things. The other thing to keep in mind is that if you're renting a VRBO at a location like a resort, don't assume you have access to that resort. I have friends regularly run into issues when they stay at certain places where they they booked the VRBO because it was cheaper. And I've done this before. Uh, a place here in Washington is called Suncadia. And the VRBO we booked did not have water park passes, did not have pool passes. So you could not go. Now, it was not a problem because the kids weren't with us and it was there for a work event. And yet, if I was there with my family, my kids would have been super bummed to be at this place that had a pool and I didn't read the fine print to see that they don't have access. And I think a lot of people think, oh, there's a workaround. We can get around this. Uh, sure, ask. You can try. But that that verbiage is there for a reason. Another thing that I've learned to do is that if you are a member of Instacart or like a grocery delivery service, maybe there's something that you can have delivered to your VRBO around the time of your arrival instead of having to go to the store. Now, if it's going to cost you, you know, dramatically more, no. But if you already have the membership of Instacart and others, that doesn't require you to get deliveries only to your house. So that can be a huge help. Or let's say you're staying there and you run out of diapers or you need some ibuprofen and you can't get to the store or you were going to do a grocery order anyways. Don't forget about your grocery delivery memberships or the grocery delivery option. It can be huge. And of course, if you're in a remote area, maybe not an option. But for a lot of the places that people are traveling to, destinations, there is that option. And then finally, on VRBOs, 
don't forget to check like cleaning fees and other service fees that they're going to add in on the end. And I think sometimes you look at a per night basis, but just like a hotel, there are other fees on there and you need to understand those so that you are going into your travel with a with a transparent budget of what you're going to spend, right? Or a transparent look at what you're going to spend, right? Cleaning is another thing. So when it comes to cleaning, some people prefer a hotel room because they get daily housekeeping and fresh towels. So the downside is when you're at a VRBO, you typically don't get cleaning of any kind until you leave. The upside for us as a family is you usually have a washer and dryer. And I love that because that means we can pack less clothes. It means we can go home often with clean clothes. Like I try to do as much laundry as possible before we leave. So that's kind of a, just a few thoughts around a VRBO. It is by no means meant to be your expert review. Okay, moving on really quickly. One of you asked me, what do we do about renting a car when we go out of town? And we have a little trick that we use. We rent vans that are like our Ford Transit vans. They're like those super shuttle airport vans is the best way I could describe it if you're not familiar with them. Effectively, they seat 10 to 15 people and they have no bells and whistles, but they are so much more affordable than if we rented an SUV or a minivan. And yet most of the time we can't get those now anyways because of our size. But those typically run... 50% more per day than these vans. You usually don't rent them through like Hertz, Enterprise. It's usually through kind of a local van company. So if you are interested, maybe you're traveling with other family members or friends and you just need one vehicle, I highly recommend this route. And they still usually have car seats and all the other things you're going to need, but we've had great success. The vans aren't anything fancy, so if you want the fancy car, that's not the route to go. But if you are traveling with a lot of people, you're looking for a more budget-friendly option for a vehicle, the big vans can be a great option. Okay, moving on. Another thing that I wanted to share when we are planning flights, and I don't know if this would help any one of you, but it sure helps us, is that I have found, because of the fact that I work Monday through Friday, and Spencer does too, that flying out on a Friday or a Friday night is just bonkers. Like it just doesn't work. I find that I'm totally stressed out. I'm totally tipped over and I just don't feel ready to leave. And I have found that the ideal time for us to fly out, if we get to pick it, is a Sunday morning because I've had Friday night and all of Saturday to put the final touches on us leaving town. And that might be packing, that might be talking to the dog sitter, that might be anyone who may be helping while we're gone, ever those details are. And then it's corny things like, hey, it'd be really nice to get a pedicure before I leave for this trip. And maybe all of you are able to fit that in in the, in the weekdays prior to leaving. I have found that it's really hard for me to fit it in. And it's funny enough, this past trip to Hawaii, I didn't even 
find time for the pedicure, but I would have liked to on Saturday. But we left Sunday and then we typically come home from a trip on Saturday whenever possible. And this is even trips where we're driving because then we come home on a Saturday and we have all day Sunday to get kind of situated and ready for the week ahead. And I realized that maybe a lot of this is shaped, again, by the fact that I'm working during the week and maybe that's not as important for others. But gosh, it's just so nice. And I find my kids really like this too. Like they have that same amount of prep time to go. They have a Saturday to kind of put the finishing touches on what they want in their backpacks. And then they also have a full day to kind of get back into the swing of things, get their things unpacked, help with laundry, and really enjoy their room. Because I find my kids love to go, but they love coming home. It's so, so very interesting. And you know what? I am the same. We had a great, great time. But as I've mentioned before, I also loved, loved coming home. Okay, now that I've shared with you many of the things and reflections from our recent vacation, I thought I could move into the fact that Spencer started a new job, which we are so proud and happy for him. And many of you reach out to me, ironically, when you are about to start a new job or when you're interested in starting a new job or when you are starting a family or growing your family. And yes, I have been through many of those transitions. And so it's not that I am an expert, but I do have some things that I have learned along the way, some things I'm still learning. And when it comes to taking a new job, if that is you listening today, or maybe something else is changing or growing or moving in your life, The best advice that I have for you is that it is normal to question. It's normal to feel or wonder if you're doing the right thing. It's normal to feel very hot and cold. Like one day you're super excited and the next day you're totally worried or you wish that it wasn't happening or you think maybe this was a bad idea. All of those thoughts are normal. And really, it's your job each and every day to take a step forward, listen to your heart, and slowly but surely discern what is the next right step. And I love that song in Frozen 2. It's actually my least favorite, like, sing-along song from that movie, but it is so true. Like, what is the next right step for you? You don't need to know what is 10 steps from now. You don't need to know 100 steps from now. But if you are starting a new job, it's very normal to not understand everything right away. There might be new terminology. You might not be as confident because maybe in your last job, you were kind of an expert at it, and now this is all new. Those things are all completely, completely normal. And if you grasped all these things right away, you'd be bored in a day. It should be challenging. Beautiful things are, wonderful things are, and life is. So don't get discouraged if your first month on the job feels overwhelming. Don't get discouraged if you're having all sorts of feelings and thoughts your first few months of adding a new baby to your family. Maybe you've moved recently and those same feelings are confronting you today. Whatever shift, whatever transition, just know it's normal to feel all the feelings and it's normal for those to be 
all over the place, it's also normal to not always know what you're doing and that you're learning a little more each and every day. Don't think that you're the only one that feels that way and don't think the people that you are surrounded by, whether it's other moms and dads, other coworkers, that they have it all together and that they know everything even after being there for years or doing that role for some time. As a mom of six, who's also been in my job for 15 years, I am learning each and every day, and I'm grateful for the challenges. I also have days where I question every single thing that I do. I have days where I find joy in every moment, and I have days where I seem to not be able to find it anywhere. I feel frustrated or overwhelmed. Those are all normal, and there is nothing wrong with you to accept that and know that. So the other component of Spencer's new job is that he traveled for a week last week and he was out of town for five nights and just want to send a special shout out to the single moms out there, to the military moms, to anyone whose spouse uh, travels a lot for their job. You know what? Being home alone with children is a lot of work. It's a lot of work and it really drains me. I don't know about you guys when that happens, but one thing that I have found really helps me is starting our night earlier. So that means like starting dinner earlier, starting pajamas earlier, starting everything about our evening routine earlier. That totally helps me. The other thing that I find that is really nice is that if your kids are kind of fighting you about bedtime, what I like to do is before they go to bed, say that we're going to do 10 minutes of chore time, maybe 15 minutes depending on the ages of your children. And what I find is they like to pitch in, they help you, sure there might be some complaining here or there, but guess what? Then I find that when you announce it's bedtime, people aren't that bummed out because they're like, oh, yay, chores are done. And so going to have reading time in their beds, they're like, oh, okay, I'll do that. So that's a little tip. The other thing a friend of mine recently shared was that she makes sure she has dinner plans before 10 a.m. that morning. And that means she's pulling a protein out that likely needs defrosted so that at four o'clock when she's totally drained from the day is not when she's deciding on what's for dinner. I really, really loved that tip from Alexandria. And then something that helps me is that when Spencer comes home, I go and do something with some friends. I just find that it really fills my cup and it's really what I need. I also do something that kind of feels like I'm getting spoiled and I went and got a massage and that was just heavenly. And those two things really kind of, like I said, filled my cup, kind of got me to have some alone time, some mental space, some break from my children. And it was really, really nice. Last but not least, the other thing that I wanted to do when he got home is I wanted to go out to dinner. I find that that is a really nice treat. It feels like I'm getting out of my house. It feels like we're getting away from the routine. And and kind of after a long week, it was exactly what I needed. And I'm not saying those three things are what you would choose, but I would say that it's really helpful to kind of figure out what works best 
for you and and to be okay with it. And as we close today, I want to share with each one of you that you're bold and bright and beautiful. Just remember, it's okay to not have your life perfectly all together. It's okay to own your mess. It's okay to question and feel all the feels and not always know what tomorrow is going to bring. Take that next right step, listen to your heart, and remember to live your big, bold life. It's waiting for you. Can you hear it? I sure can. See you next time, my friends. Thank you for listening today. If you enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to write a review and push that subscribe button. I also hope you will come hang out with me on Instagram, Facebook, and my new website, betlucas.com. And remember, friends, be you boldly. The world needs you.